You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is your source for Angels news and more with Roger Lodge and the Sports Lodge on Angels Radio AM 830. Hey, welcome into the Sports Lodge on Angels Radio AM 830. My name is Roger Lodge. Great to be with you each and every weekday afternoon. You can follow the show on Twitter at the Sports Lodge. That is at the Sports Lodge. And uh, feel free to tweet at us at any point during the program. Time to check in with the fearless leader of Halo Hawk Nation, the manager of the Angels in his first year as field general here. He's a three-time manager of the year, World Series champion. He is our friend Joe Madden. Skipper, how are you, sir? Good afternoon, Roger. Doing great. How about you guys? I'm doing great. We're doing well here. Uh, how about you and your beautiful bride, Jay? Everyone feeling healthy? Everybody good? So far, so good. Uh, we're just trying to stick to the protocols. Um, hanging out in the RV, riding the bike a lot, um, cooking a lot, um, uh, doing some videos, that kind of stuff, trying to stay in touch with everybody. Just talked to my sister about my mom today. and Like everybody else, doing what everybody else is doing. I'm watching a lot of MLB Network. I'm seeing some great games. I got saw Mickey hit a homer. So she had a big base hit to left. So I texted him immediately. <laughs> I've not heard back from him yet. He probably forgot all about his base hit to left against Dave Stewart in what the eighty whatever that was eight World Series. Um, just a lot, a lot of interesting stuff. Are you in constant contact with Angel President John Carpino, GM Billy Epler on possible return dates, or is that information just? ridiculous to even bring up right about now, especially after the president extended our social distancing until at least April the 30th. Well, I know we haven't talked constantly about that. We check in once in a while. Um, I've had a couple chats with uh, uh, Chris Young out of the uh, commissioner's office. He's doing a phone with a lot of major league managers regarding how it should look when we get back, but there's no dates there's no date set. So I'm good with the April uh, uh, shutdown also. I think that's going to permit us to get back sooner. The more we uh, don't adhere to the policies, the longer it's going to be before we can return. So let's just let's just do this stuff properly, get this over with, and move on and learn from it. Joe, when you check in with your players, what form of technology are you using the most to communicate with them? Well, players has been primarily uh, texting. I just sent out a, a group. Uh, we have a group text going on today with the pitchers and with the position players. And you're at the mercy of guys being available. I mean, everybody's got different schedules in different parts of the country. Coaching staff, though, on the Wednesdays, which th- this Wednesday they'll have a Zoom, but this time with the Fuse. We're using Fuse uh, platform this time with the uh, all the coaches. And we're just staying in touch. And what I'm encouraging them to do and with the players is, for instance, if uh, the hitting coaches have been working with somebody specifically towards the end of camp. Um, talk to that player, have him take a video of himself, upload it to the coach, have him take a look at it, and see if we could stay on top of things like that. And the more we could stay in touch on the nuances that we were trying to cover as we left, it'll be easier to get it up and running when we get back. So just, just a little stuff, because it's hard to really focus and concentrate on all that right now without having a definite finish line in mind. So keep it open, keep the conversation going, uh, interact regarding almost try to keep it as seamless as you can from the last time 
we saw one another, but also know that it can't be exactly the same. How do you think these present times will change the game the most moving forward? Um, I want to believe, uh, you know, we had all this negativity about the game uh, uh, last couple of years. I'd like to believe that when we come back, uh, there's going to be even greater interest than before. I think uh, the, you take something away like that, hopefully absence does make the heart grow fonder and that uh, people are going to come back at us um, and want to see us even more. There's also going to be some uh, changes to the to the method of play. I'm not 100% sure that's going to work out yet, but I would believe once we get back, we'll be experimenting with new items, different uh, rules within the game, different methods of playing the game. The base is still going to be exactly the same. We just a little, again, nuance regarding differences and uh, some interesting little twists possibly, but uh, the game will be the game, and I think uh, I want to believe uh, that by us not being around right now that I hope we were being missed at the point that it's going to come back stronger than ever. The last couple of years, there was so much emphasis put on speeding up the game. When you think of any great moment in the history of baseball, no one's going to be able to tell you how long that game took to play and get to that moment. What do you think about right. the whole speed up the game the last couple of years? So I think that the, it gets confused a little bit. Uh, I, got it, I got it broken down into three prongs pace of the game, speed of the game, and changing the rules of the game. Uh, pace of the game, I'm okay with messing with it because I, none of us like when the pitcher just dawdles out there. And furthermore, with the hitter, too. So just get in the box, get ready, pitcher throw the baseball, see what happens. So I'm okay with the clock, actually. I am. I think that might be very helpful. But other than that, um, uh, the, 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 that's the pace. The length of the game, I think, will be impacted in a positive way, but I've never been worried about the length of the game. It's so, None of us really like when, when uh, if you're catching, I was a catcher, and the pitcher just took forever. You hated that. So you, throw, you throw the ball back at him hard around ankle, high, let's go. Uh, hopefully the shortstop comes and lets him know the same thing. Um, so pace is one thing, length is another. Rule changes, I've been against it, but right now I'm all for it. I think that right now under the circumstances, it is the time to experiment. We come back, it's going to be a truncated season somehow, there's no question. So why not add a couple more twists that makes it more interesting? and have people definitely tune in. So you feel confident that at some point we are definitely going to get to some type of baseball season? Yes, um, but I guess you're talking to the eternal optimist, but I guess I do believe that. Um, I believe, you know, it's going to have to be worked out. Uh, how many games, how long the season's going to go. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of different things that have to be worked out with it. But part of us being able to play again is by everybody following the rules right now to get to the point where, uh, this thing will settle down to the point that we can get out there and interact again. So um, it's all interconnected. Everything in life is interconnected. Um, when we get away from things sometimes and we think we're bulletproof or these rules don't really pertain to us, that's where we run into trouble. Um, you see what's going on in the state of New York, Louisiana right now, uh, in California, um, Washington, and now all of a sudden uh, there's the potential for this to reach in other areas. So come on. Let's just let's just follow the rules. Uh, saw a great video today from a doctor in New York City in the primary. He could not have made it more simple, which I love. And the primary focus for him was to make sure that we wash our hands, A and B, don't touch your face. Uh, and that's that's easier said than done. But I think we could practice that. He suggested just wearing a mask all the time, not to prevent exposure because that's not necessarily what's going to happen. But if you were to wear a mask to do that, just so you don't touch your face, it reminds you not to touch your face. 
thought that that was really a, a well-said or perceived concept. So these are the kind of things we have to be aware of. And we do this, we're going to get back to normalcy a lot sooner. Love talking baseball, love talking life with Joe Madden, skipper of the Angels here in the Sports Lodge. Another Madden Monday here in the Sports Lodge. Hey, uh, let's talk about the ball club a little bit here. What are you hearing on the Shohei Otani front? Uh, honestly, I'm not hearing a whole lot about anything with these guys. Um, uh, I'm not going to sit here and make things up. Again, the contact has been infrequent, and these guys are pretty much on their own right now. Uh, what I do believe is going to happen as we get closer to a date where things are starting to look better, uh, that's when we'll start getting more information from these outposts and start putting it together. Uh, when we're able to get rolling again, it's going to be a, primarily about starting pitchers. I mean, position players, we get it going quickly. Relief pitchers can get it going quickly. Uh, starting pitchers are the ones that we're going to have to really pay attention to, uh, getting them back to be stretched out to get to the number of pitches that you like to get them to get to which um, Otani would be part of that group probably by that moment. So there's, I have nothing solid to report on. I'm just, you know, generally speaking, uh, the starting pitchers are the, is the group that you have to pay most attention to. So if let's say there was a date, a return date, would the perfect world, as far as you're concerned, would be for everyone to head back to Arizona or Florida and do three weeks of spring training all over again? I think that's the one that makes the most sense. Um, uh, going to your respective cities would make it difficult um, to play opposition because you're going to want to play games and you're going to want to play with, against a different uniform. That's, that's for sure. It's, I've been involved in inter-squad inter games, and um, they serve their purpose uh, on occasion. But to really get guys up to speed, you'd really want to play somebody in a different uniform. And I think the only way to do that would be um, in specific states. And now, of course, if that's not possible, then you'd have to make another alternative uh, leap right there. The other part would just be to consider temperatures at that time of the year when we get rolling again. Arizona tends to get hot, and so does Florida. So there's there's all kinds of things to try to uh, piece together as you're uh, putting this all back together when we get the green light. And earlier, when you were actually down in Tempe with new pitching coach, former Mets manager, and of course, former Halo hurler, Mickey Calloway, tell me how that was going, the relationship and how he was doing with the young pitchers. Oh, like, uh, marvelously. I mean, Mickey's really good. Now, you know, I was with him in 2002, and we, we had a good time, and, you know, we, we developed a, a good relationship because as we moved through the next 20 years almost, Whenever we saw each other, it was very easy. It was very smooth. Right up to the World Series when we played the Indians, and when he was managing the Mets, I mean, I would, when uh, if things weren't going well, I would just text him and just try to pump him up. So we must have built a stronger relationship than I knew. Um, and then as we got back together in Tempe, it was easy. It was very easy. And I'm telling you, sit in a room and listen to him talk about pitching. Uh, he's outstanding. He is outstanding. And I read a lot when he was the manager of the Mets. And I know I, I thought he said a lot of good things there. And if you look at their record last year, they exceeded the Cubs' record at the end of last season. They came along strongly. So I, I think he's great. <laughs> and I think he's going to manage again. I think he's going to do really well when he gets a chance to manage again because he's a great communicator. He speaks really, really well. He's very lucid. Um, uh, he's uh, succinct at the same time. He's absolutely solid. 
There was a video of you this spring down in Tempe saying that after watching some bullpens that you were confident, Joe, that this team was going to the postseason. What did you see and who did you see that made you so confident? The whole group. I mean, we got a lot of good names out there. I mean, it starts with Robles, and uh, this kid here is chock full of confidence. Um, he's, he was outstanding. Uh, Ty Butchery, uh, who got hurt, but I saw enough. And if you look at uh, the track record uh, coming into that from last season, uh, pretty pretty interesting. Cam uh, is not having the best spring, but look what he has done over the last several years. Really, really good, too. Um and there's others, and I can't make you right now, but uh, the names in the, uh, within this group, uh, strong, strong arms. And I think there's going to be a great ability to mix and match uh, with all these guys. I, I think there's going to be durability involved. Um, right up and down the, the, the list, there's, uh, there's other guys that, uh, like Buckter that we had signed, uh, Ryan, uh, who had played pitch for Oakland. This guy was very impressive, too. Um, there's a lot of them, man. And there's, so there was a combination of really good arms. I thought great makeup and the ability to match these guys up in a game. Now, the big thing with all of that is the three batter rule now and how that's going to figure into all of this. But we'll, 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 we'll consider that and make it work. But I just thought the, the number of names was outstanding and the stuff was very good. I love the way that the kid Patrick Sandoval competed last year towards the end of the year. Every time uh, Brad Osmus would go get him, because obviously he was on an innings and a pitch count, he did not want to come out of games. I just love his competitive fire. How much have you seen of Patrick Sandoval, and what are your thoughts? I really dig it. i with you, man. Um, if I saw the video like you did, I've been around him. Actually, at dinner with him uh, in uh, – in, in Newport Beach before the spring training began. Uh, kind of a quiet guy in a way, but really um, got those kind of eyes that he hears everything, if that makes any sense. Um, he doesn't miss a thing. So I got to see him a little bit here. He's got, he's got a great arm with a great changeup, really good delivery. The biggest thing with Patrick is just uh, the command, fastball command, and he's going to have that too. But he's got, he's got uh, one pitch especially that's uh, – you consider like a 70 or an 80 pitch on a scouting scale, 80 being the best to be his changeup. So as we move this thing forward and he gets more self-confidence, and he will, he will. I mean, not that he's not confident, but he's going to get more confident. And uh, this guy has a chance to be one of the better lefties in baseball over the next couple of years. When the manager of the Angels has dinner with a 21-year-old lefty trying to make the club, who picks up that check? Actually, Tommy Listella did. How about that? It was, um, uh, That's great. We were down at uh, what's it, Louis down. My my buddy from the uh, Ron Salisbury's restaurant down in Newport Beach. So we went there. It was Tommy and myself and Ty Butchery and uh, was, uh, Griffin uh, Kenny wasn't there. Um, oh, um, Fletcher was there. Um, and I know I'm missing one, and I'm going to be a jerk for that. But Tommy put it together. So I went to pay the, the bill, and by the time I got there, Tommy had already done the thing where he had to go to the bathroom and gave the waitress the, the credit card. So Tommy, my boy Tommy, picked it up. Oh, that's awesome. Hey, Joe, when you were in Tampa and in Chicago and you would do your theme weeks or, you know, road trips would be a, a theme on the plane, everybody would dress up in certain costume. The things like that, 
Does that lead the W's on the field? I think so, absolutely. Um, that's one of those things that if you don't understand, people will mock what they don't understand, so somebody might. But then again, um, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. Um, so um, you see a lot of other teams doing that stuff now. So there's, there's a lot of the imitation. There's a lot. Um, yes, the guys dig it, actually. They really dig it. And every place I've been, guys want, they'll ask me, uh, like, what are we going to do? What do you got? What do you got in the back of your, your mind? What do you, what do you got in, in your back pocket? And I'll say, listen, honestly, I don't know because I'm really extemporaneous with all this stuff. I'll just think of something and go ahead and do it. And that's what we'll do this year again also. Um, uh, I just don't know yet. I don't know the answer to that yet, but we will do something. Yes. Oh, looking forward to that. It's a Madden Monday here in the Sports Lodge. Uh, before I let you go, and I truly appreciate the time, Skipper, who's the best leader you've ever been around, and what made that person such a great leader? The best leader. Wow. That's a great question. Um, you talking about a player or a coach, or does it not matter? Doesn't matter. Um. You know, when you say that, I've been thinking about this a lot, actually. And I could, I could go all the way back from uh, midget football to little league baseball to teeners to high school to college to professional uh, baseball and managers. I up and down the list, I could, I could give you all these different names. But the one guy, I mean, that because it has to be somebody I interacted with. It just can't be something somebody that I've read about or heard about. And this, this is going to be like very. Um, um, you're not going to know this person at all. Bob Clear is probably the best instructor. The best leader I had as a coach was a guy by the name of Bob Root. Bob Root was my, my backfield coach at Lafayette College, my quarterback coach. And that man right there put more confidence in me uh, than anybody had ever had at that point. I think he made a big difference for me as a player, both baseball-wise and that one when you're at Lafayette College. Why? Because he taught me one thing, and I've really tried to incorporate it, he taught me to communicate through communication and not to communicate through intimidation. That was a real a big moment for me in my life as a young player. And then as I became a coach, I really uh, unintentionally um, patterned myself after Coach Root. So Coach Root, best, best ever, motivated me, taught me, made me the best. My best year, one of my best athletic years ever was my freshman year at Lafayette, playing quarterback there for Coach Root because he taught me to communicate through communication and not intimidation. See, that's what makes that such a phenomenal question because you could have given me 10,000 guesses. And, of course, I never would have came up with Bob Root. And here, after all these years, he's still in your mind and in your heart and in your soul and part of everything you do. That's unbelievable. Hey, who was your – Joe Madden, who was your baseball hero as a kid? Bob Gibson. Bob Gibson. I was was a Cardinal fan starting 1963-64. My dad took me to um, Yankee Stadium to see the Yankees versus the White Sox. That was in August. And uh, I was there with my uncle Pete and uh, Hank Toth, my dad and me, and maybe somebody else, and uh, parked the car, took the subway in, and took me to the game. And after the game, we exited through center field by the monuments. And they have those, like, garage doors that kind of roll up and down. And uh, he asked me if I wanted a hat. I said, yep. I chose the hat, and I chose the cardinal hat at that time, the blue cardinal hat with the rest. 
STL. So immediately I started picking the Cardinal vibe up. And I don't know where I watched it, maybe, I don't know, this week in base. I don't know why, but I chose Bob Gibson because I thought, even as a 10-year-old, this is the most competitive player I've ever seen in my life. I picked up on that vibe, became a Cardinal fan in 63, a Gibson fan, right at the time when he broke his broke his leg on a line drive by Roberto Clemente and came back and uh, was influential in winning the World Series. I got to meet him a couple years ago, meet him and Tim McCarver in the dugout at, at Bush Stadium. Um, I cannot tell you uh, what that felt like uh, to, that, to grow up and really idolize him the way I did and to get to meet him in the dugout a couple years ago, me, him, and, and Tim. Uh, it's, it's one of those, it's, you know, you talk about surrealism. Um, whenever, you know, you're, as your boyhood idol is matched up in, in human flesh in the dugout and talk to him about the baseball Cardinals when they won the World Series against the Yankees. Unbelievable. He answers Bob Gibson. What was the first thing you ever said to Bob Gibson? <laughs> well, the first thing I brought up when I had that chance, um, this is I'll try to be quick, uh, in this 2009 World Series, uh, All-Star game was in St. Louis. I'm the manager of the American League team. So um, there was a group of Cardinal uh, uh, icons right next to the American League dugout, like uh, Lou Brock was there, Bruce Suter was there. Uh, Red Shanus was there, this whole group, and, and, and Bob was there. And I, I say hi to everybody, but uh, Gibson was kind of aloof. He didn't want to talk. So when I saw him that day in the dugout with Timmy, I asked him, I said, hey, did you not want to say anything to me because um, I was the manager of the American League team and you're, you're so National League, you're so team-oriented, you didn't want to have anything to do with the manager of the American League team that day, and he started laughing at me because, of course, he didn't do that, and, of course, he didn't remember that. But I wanted to know because I, I, I wanted to hear him to say yes because that would even made more sense to me and why I loved him even more that he wouldn't even talk to me because I was a member of the American League team at that time. I thought it was great. That's great stuff from Joe Madden, the manager of the Angels here, another Madden Monday in the sports lodge. Joe, as always, truly, truly appreciate your time. Always love the conversation. Already looking forward to the next time. Thank you so much. Thanks, Roger. And again, let's just follow the procedures, all right? Let's follow the procedures. We'll be back together a lot quicker. Love it. Thank you, Joe. See you, man. See you, buddy. Joe Madden is the manager of our Angels, the leader of Halo Honk Nation. 714-283-830. That's your telephone number. At 714-283830. Let me get to a quick break. We'll come on back. Lots more to get to on this rather manic Monday, or shall I say Madden Monday, in the Sports Lodge on Angels Radio, AM 830. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of 
the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.